Bachelor would be great. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they, they will, you know. Maybe, yeah. Ian, I think maybe Janelle we used to look at deals some spots in the States and they would be so cheap. Talking like 10, 15K a door, 100 unit buildings. You're like, what? This is unbelievable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Refined Real Estate Podcast. My name is Janelle and I'm here with my co-hosts Ian and Manny. We are real estate investors in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Combined, we've done dozens of deals. We have flipped houses, we've wholesaled, we've bought some buy and hold properties. We have some anything ranging from condos, single family, duplexes, all the way up to some small multifamily. In addition, Ian and I are mortgage brokers with the Blake Wilson Group, a awesome mortgage brokerage focused on investing uh, real estate investors. So. If you are looking to speak with a mortgage broker or have any questions, definitely reach out to us. Um, and also, just if you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, please leave us a review, give us some comments. We love to hear the feedback, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, and also, if you have any questions, we're going to start doing um, a new thing during at the end of our podcast, answering some questions. So feel free to message us on Instagram, DM us, comment on YouTube, whatever you prefer. So, today's episode, we are actually going to be doing a several part series here. We're going to do a how to buy an investment property series. And today, we will be doing part one, things to consider when buying that investment property. So, we're excited to be bringing this episode to you guys. Um, but yeah, so before we get into it, what is going on, everybody? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, Again, we are recording, getting into later in April, and uh, we're certainly seeing the weather switch in Halifax, so that's super exciting. Some really nice sunny days starting to uh, really turn turn those winter blues upside down, so that's super exciting. Uh, Other than that, uh, Manny and I this weekend, we're heading down to Cleveland, Ohio to do some more due diligence on a deal we have under contract there. Um, We're not going to get into many details on that until we're a little further in the process. We don't want to jinx ourselves on that, but uh, I know we're we're quite excited to go down there and see what, uh, what Cleveland, Ohio has to offer. Yeah, just a second what Ian said there. It'll be a fun trip down there. We'll look at some more buildings outside of the one that we're working on and just get a good idea of Cleveland as a whole. You know, we know Halifax so well because we're here. We live here. We're from here. But we're going to invest in a different country, let alone in the States. It's good for us to have an idea what's going on there. So we'll spend a couple of days there. But other than that, that's what's been keeping me real busy. Um, yeah, I can't wait to be done that, and I can't wait to tell you guys about all the things we've learned, yeah. because there has been a lot. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> it's like right when we're like, you know, feeling confident about our investing up here in Halifax, it's like, now let's just throw in another dimension of things you got to figure out. So like the corporations, the, you know, the tax implication. Raising the capital, you know, yeah. that's, that's been a whole yeah. thing in of itself, so we can't wait to really educate you guys, because... It's been great learning for us, so I think you guys will appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to hear about it as well, because I'm actually, I'm not necessarily part of the U.S. SEALs right now. That's Ian and Manny, that's their wheelhouse, but um, a little bit of what's going on with me. I actually have a property under contract right now that I'm buying myself, so I'm pretty excited about that one. It's been a while since I've bought property, um, and it's just been my name on the the title, so I was was pretty excited about that one. I was like, ooh, like... It's been a while. 
Um, I, I love working with partners. I, I love that teamwork aspect of it, but I think it's nice to have um, a little bit of something for yourself sometimes. So, yeah, kind of have like that entire sense of responsibility and especially on the renovation side for this one, it'll be a little bit of a different one. Have to uh, uh, just just learn a lot on that side of things. So exciting stuff. And I will keep you guys updated on that. Yeah, so some updates incoming, which is why we encourage you guys to continue to listen because, uh, yeah, each deal that we go through, we'd like to share, you know, the pain points, what went well, what didn't go well, um, the wins, the losses, all that type of stuff. So that's that's really why we're doing this podcast and continuing to do this podcast because, yeah, we feel like if you guys can learn some of the lessons the easy way that we're going to have to learn the hard way, that's uh, just a ton of value for you guys. So, uh, yeah. And although Janelle is not actively a part of the U.S. deal, I don't want to not mention all of the underwriting she has done for us yeah. because she's done a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be much tougher without her, so we would like to thank you. Yes, okay, very much too so. Kind, too kind. Blushing. Blushing, if you can tell, in this very red room. Yeah. <laughs> With my red sweater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Manny, see my head. Manny's going to be a floating head. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. so let's get into it. So. Thing. So our again, our series that we're going to be doing on how to buy an investment property. In part one, we're going to go over things to consider. Yeah, so. and so we're we're going to try and keep this one pretty light. Um, we're going to try and, as the series goes on, get a little bit more in-depth on some of the topics that we're going over. So um, if you hear things that we're you know, even mentioning in this podcast or in future podcasts that you want to hear some more about, because uh, again, we it's hard to go very deep into, you know, one subject at a time. So if there are any one or any particular subjects out there that you guys want to hear more about, certainly let us know and we will happily dive into them. All right. So I guess we'll start with our first topic. If either one of you want to touch on that one and that would be the plan. So the general, general plan. I know that's very unspecific, but let's get specific. Yeah, sure. So the plan is it's incredibly important, to say the very least. So before you even buy a property, you have to have an idea of what you're going to do with it. So like you said, we're not going to get super specific because if we were this topic alone, we can spend a couple hours talking about it. But what is the plan? <laughs> like what, what are you buying? What are you going to do to it? You know, what's the budget? What's the exit? So you just, before you buy the deal, you need to just have it written down of what you want to do and yeah, start from there. Yeah. And I would say you could even almost like rephrase that as your goals as well, because also within that plan, you're going to change that plan as you go. Maybe you get into, into a deal and you look at the numbers and you're like, Oh, this would make a much better flip than a buy and hold or something like that. But like Mary's saying, you need to have an idea of your goal and what you want to do with the property. Um, yeah, what your options are, what your resources are in terms of like funding people, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, th- that's, that is a better way, I guess we should say is the goals because you know, your goals are, are one thing. And then when you're actually buying a property, there's actually about 50 plans plus that have to go into it. So you need a plan for, 
your renovations. You need a plan for the financing, plan for this, that, and the other thing. So it's nice to have that sort of high level plan to just have a bit of a roadmap. But it's a, you know, it's kind of like a weather forecast where, you know, tomorrow it's fairly accurate. But if you're looking at the weather forecast for next week, chances are you're going to be way off of what that even is. So it's like, it's nice to, you know, have a sense, but yeah, be, be prepared for that plan to change quite a bit, but it is something that's super important to consider. Um, you know, there's examples out there, people that don't have a plan and they just go around and try and buy some stuff and, you know, sometimes that'll work out well. And other times that's uh, a good way to get yourself into some hot water. So. Yeah. And I, I think the one of the most common things that people do is they go into real estate and they want long-term wealth they want cash flow they want this and that and then oftentimes they're talking about what they're doing and they're like yeah i'm flipping houses and then they take a step back and it's like oh this is actually not getting me to my goals at all um yeah, yeah. so that's kind of one of the most common ones and that i could file myself under that category <laughs> yeah but um yeah no so again back to the plan itself so yeah you want to know basically you know, if we're in the very early stages here, you want to know what sort of assets you want to buy. You want to know roughly what your your spending budget's going to be. So that's whether that's the money that you have, you and friends have, or if you want to go raise some money and, and do things that way. Um, so add, then asset class is a huge one that you're, you're going to want to pick. So, you know, if you're like, oh, I want to buy a duplex, but then you're looking at single family homes or you're looking at eight plexes all this time, it's like you're not really focused in on that that one specific asset that you're trying to to acquire so if you you know have your plan and you say these are the assets i want to go after then it's nice you can just put up your blinders for all the other stuff so it's not just some shiny object that's uh distracting you away from trying to get these uh the assets that you you're you're planning on buying um so that's a big part of it but like i said there's there's the, the plan can change. So don't get, you know, necessarily completely, you know, stuck in that one lane, but you know, you want to stay focused and you want to stay consistent in looking for the particular assets that you're looking for. That's yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly it. I think. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so I think just to keep moving here, the next thing to consider when buying a investment property is the location. Yeah. So the location kind of goes back to the goal because like here in Halifax if you want to buy something in the south end of Halifax it's probably going to appreciate there's you know it's a strong area and you will build long-term wealth there's no doubt but the cash flow might be tight you know unless you put a crap ton of money down on the on the buy you just finance it normally cash flow will very likely be negative Whereas you can invest somewhere else, let's say, like the Midwest and the United States. The appreciation might not be there, but the cash flow will be very much so there. So where you invest is so imp- important. And also, like the, you have to know the, na- the neighborhood. Are you investing in an A, B, C, D class area? And what I mean by that is A, it's like, you know, pristine area, rich folks live, you know, new builds, all kinds of hustle and bustle. It's a great area. And as you kind of would imagine, as you go down, it gets worse and worse. And then like the D and F areas, it's like you're investing in war zones and your cash flow might be incredible, but there's going to be other issues. You will have headaches. So. Hot, hot tip from Vinny, invest in a war zone on the 
cash flow would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they, they will, you know. Maybe, yeah. Ian, I think maybe Janelle we used to look at deals some spots in the States and they would be so cheap. Talking like 10, 15K a door, 100 unit buildings. You're like, what? This is unbelievable. You know, 1.5 mil, 100 units? And then you do some research and it's like, geez, all kinds of crime. You know, the median income is next to nothing. Almost negative. And, <laughs> and you'd have an impossible time stabilizing this building. So it's imperative you know the location. And yeah, kind of again, again, it goes back to your goal. What are you trying to do with, with this building? Yeah, yeah, to further that point, a uh, fun saying we heard in a podcast that we were listening to recently was, uh, the grass is always greener above the septic tank. <laughs> so, again, like we look at some of these deals, we pencil them in, and on the spreadsheet, it's like, man, you know, this could be a perfect burr and we could be cash flow and like life's. Life could be really good. But then you look and you're like, vacancy's crazy, crime's crazy, like all these other factors, like you, your renovation budget surely isn't enough to get these, you know, bag of bone buildings up to uh, snuff. So it's, uh, yeah, but yeah, location. Yeah. Huge. And then just to add on to that in terms of location, uh, we were just discussing earlier about um, someone looking at buying a deal and they're having a tough time on the lending side of things because of the location, because of that city. Uh, so that's something to consider, especially here in Nova Scotia where we have some more rural towns. Um, and some lenders, they, they don't like that. They want to be in the Halifax, the Dartmouth. They want to be in the, the larger cities here, the Churros, the Sydney's. Um, they might not want to be in Picto. They might not want to lend in Port Hawkesbury. Um, so no, no offense to those places. I, have a cottage close to Port Oxbury. My family does, so love that place. But just something to consider in terms of your overall strategy Strategy that you might have a little bit more of a difficult time. Um, and then the next thing I just want to mention about location is that uh, I've noticed that some investors here are really, really specific in their location. I'm talking like Dartmouth, only in, Sp only in Spryfield, only in the South End. And I've just noticed that those investors are really, really good at what they do because they're so specific with those neighborhoods, um, especially, again, here in Halifax, um, the classic, like, Victorian-style building here. That investor, they, they know those buildings, like, because they were built around the same time, built around after the Halifax explosion, built the same materials, similar building structure, etc. Um, so you could even look at location as, like, that specific, so... Yeah, yeah. and one thing, too, when you mentioned, like, people that invest in specific areas... They'll know the zoning of that area very well, and they may have long-term plans. So just because they're buying that duplex right now, they seem to be overpaying, but in their mind, they're going to buy the duplex next to it, the yeah. duplex next to that. They're going to buy up that whole little area, and then in 10, 15 years, or maybe sooner, tear them all down, build a, a new build apartment building, or whatever they want. But yeah, they have long-term visions in mind. Yeah. And uh, to get to follow up on Janelle's point there, it's like, yeah, once you get into a very niched area, so then you're going to know like more so, more or less like, oh, it's got these foundation types. It's got these, you know, plumbing types or it has asbestos or vermiculite or whatever it is. And so they know how to solve that problem. And they then they have that team around them that's like, okay, we know that this on the last project cost us $15,000. So you can right inside your head be like, okay, that's part of the budget. Life's good. Move on. So you're not 
finding new problems necessarily yeah. on every deal. You're getting more specific on that area or that zoning of the area or whatever it might be. What is vermiculite? Vermiculite is a type of insulation um, used roughly around the time when in, uh, in, uh, uh, asbestos was used. So it's like if you ever look in an older home, you can see in the attic, it kind of looks like styrofoam, but it's like kind of like a rock kind of mix it's like shiny uh, it definitely looks scary if you don't know what it is and you're like oh good um but um yeah you can test to see if it has asbestos in it or not but when you're doing like an older home and like you're trying to like gut it and do all this stuff like that's one of the messier jobs that you could could ever see so try and avoid it if you can but uh sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do all righty so the next thing to consider when buying an investment property is closely related to the location would be the market. Yeah, so uh, in Halifax, and uh, I guess just a lot of, uh, this might just be a more Canadian thing or Nova Scotia thing for sure, but uh, we only look sort of in the province. Uh, you'll see, I'd say the majority of investors around here are only investing here. Whereas, like, if you're looking at it from, like, uh, an investor in, say, the state somewhere, like, they open it up pretty much, you know, to a lot bigger areas. So, in there, you have different, you know, different benefits and... um there are different benefits to investing in different states here. There's same deal. Like, you know, if you're comfortable with doing that long distance investing, like you, you really open the, uh, the ability to get deals when you're less picky on where the area is. So from a broad sense, there's typically three markets that you, you try and identify. Um, and that would be a growth market, an appreciation market and a high or a hybrid market. So um, obviously the appreciation, you, you're not going to necessarily get something with a lot of cash flow, but you're going to see, you know, the appreciation's quite, quite good. So like we were talking about before, that might be the SOF end where, yeah, it might be harder to find the cash flow, but you know that it's going to appreciate over time. Then you might have, or then you'll have like a cash flow market. So something, you know, like in the valley where you can see like Windsor's got some really good stuff. You can see Truro, you can get some really good stuff. Um, and you know, a, a bunch of these secondary, um, uh, markets. So, um, that's just where you're finding something where you can generate a decent amount of cash flow based on your investment. And then there's also the, um, the hybrid where you can get, uh, a little bit of the both, of both benefits. So again, stretch out across the states. You could see some states or some cities in the states that are like very much so like, okay, we're going here for cash flow. We're going to make a good chunk of cash flow, but my property is going to appreciate like five grand in the next five years. So, yeah. And to just expand on those, um, those types of, markets that he mentioned there so those growth markets they'll have specific trends that you'll be able to see so their populations are growing there are new employers that are coming you know amazon or google there there have new facilities being built there so like where are the jobs going it's good to follow those trends in, in whatever market that you're interested in because you know like Ian Ian said some of those crappier deals that we looked at it was dying people were moving out you know, all of the jobs that were there were closing, or there was maybe one 
major employer in that market. So if that job, if that employer goes out of business, then there goes all of the jobs. And there's a good chance the tenants that you have work at those places. So understanding that investing in in areas that have diverse job markets, have positive population growth, take a look at the median incomes, like is this going to be an area where there's affluent people? You know, is there a strong middle class or is it mainly lower class? And making sure the rent that you charge kind of goes hand in hand with that. Because I've heard of some some funny stories of Canadians specifically buying a lot of real estate in Florida over the past couple of years. And then going down and then just jacking up the rent because it's, you know, super landlord friendly. But then they have very high vacancies because the jobs don't really sustain that the rents that these people are asking for. So, yeah, there's many little things like this you need to take into consideration before you buy in yeah, certain markets. that's perfect. Those, those are all really great points between the two of you. Um, and, yeah, and, and just with the last thing I'll mention about the market and what Manny was saying about predicting trends, I think that's what separates a good real estate investor from a great real estate investor is that you're thinking about these things. You can use Halifax as a great example for that. Um, I think there's a lot of older investors that you'll speak with and they'll talk about Halifax and talk about the, the landlocked aspect of it where you have the peninsula and Halifax can only go up and then peninsula and it is quite restrictive with some of the zoning that we have. So when you're looking at a market, again, speaking to someone maybe 10 years ago, they would say, yes, like this is going to be a great place to invest when people will discover quote unquote Nova Scotia that, you know, they can only build so much here on the peninsula. So what happens? Land values go up. Um, so that's, that's a, a really important thing to consider when you're looking at real estate investing as like a longer term career and something that you're going to make, you know, your, your wealth or like your cash flow or uh, provide for your family on. And again, like just kind of talking about the market, I bought my first property in Anaganish and, and I was looking at that because I saw what many you say in the industry, there's a hospital and there's a university there and has a really, really strong uh, rent to value ratio because of so many students. So, yeah, like that for me, that's what I was thinking about. Um, and I noticed that there was a really consistent trend of like two, three percent appreciation. So, yeah. and we'll jump, keep on moving here to the next thing to consider when buying an investment property is your team. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> again, these are a lot all of things to say. heavy, heavy topics, which, um, again, in further episodes, we'd love to dive deeper into them. But again, just high level. So your team, um, you know, when you're starting off, it could be you and your wife, you and your boyfriend, you and girlfriend, whatever it is. And you guys are trying to take on everything yourself, or it could be just you as yourself, just trying to take on everything as yourself, which, uh, it, it's, that's how you can burn yourself out you can you know you can save a lot of money but you're you're essentially just like you know trading you're you're putting sweat equity into it which is which is fine but but again going back to your plan if your plan is to you know have real estate you know in the the long term um, replace your working income um, as a, a means of a retirement fund or whatever it might be it's like yeah you you want to get some more team uh key team members into place so um like examples like yes you if you want to be the general manager on like a flip for example 
it's like, yeah, your team, you're not going to do all your plumbing and electrical. You're going to bring in a plumber and electrician and all that stuff. You had a drywall guy, a installation guy, and that's sort of your team in that regard. Then if you want to take a step even further back and you're trying to do this on like a larger scale, it's like, okay, maybe you just have one general manager that's in and taking care of all these sub trades where your team is building out is maybe having people out there that are helping you find more deals. So it might be, you know, someone that's doing cold calling or doing letters or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that your, your strategy is to find more properties. And then on top of that, like you have, you, you gotta have your lawyer, you gotta have your realtor in some cases. You need a good mortgage broker. I know two of them in this room. Um, and then, uh, on top of that, like, you know, they, they're like your team members will have team members. So your mortgage brokers and stuff, they'll have appraisers that they like to use. Your lawyer, um, is comfortable with, you know, maybe, other lawyers that are out there that you're trying to do deals with. And like, again, as you grow in real estate, like things become infinitely more complicated. So the better people you have around you, um, the better you have an opportunity to grow. Yeah. So. And I think the the biggest thing like with the team is like, well, one of two things. The first is that you might start it with one team and that team will change over time. Um, you find out you might not have people that are at the right fit and that's okay. You're going to go through those iterations. Um, the second part is thinking about where you're buying, again, specific to Nova Scotia is that we have some more rural towns. If you're trying to do a flip in, like, Lunenburg, then you might want to consider, like, who's out there. Like, where are you going to find your labor force from? Are there enough drywall people there? I know I can speak personally on this. Uh, for Antigonish, my property there, I provide stone removal. removal it's a shared drywall. I struggle every year. Every, like, and again, it's like sounds kind of stupid, but it like we live in Nova Scotia, our winters are they, we do get snowstorms, especially there. Um, so that's just something that I struggle with on that property because it's such a small area. Um, small area, everyone knows each other, you can't piss people off. <laughs> so, again, that's that's like a reality of it. Yeah, you're right. I just wanted to touch on the, the, the mixture of the location and the team. I know you mentioned property management, how important that is, especially if you're doing long distance investing. But if you're investing somewhere, you almost need to find the property management team before you buy it. Oh, yeah, big time. If you buy a building in Timbuktu, you know, numbers are great, strong cash flow, but there's absolutely no property managers in that town, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to self manage it from, you know, a thousand miles away? You can't. So, like, you, I remember I looked at some deals and I, it looked great on paper, but there was no adequate property management company in that town. So I had to walk away from that deal. So yeah, property management, I think it's it's so, so important. Yeah. Close to you and especially far from you. Yeah. So yeah, and that sums it up for now on the we've so what we've covered so far, our plans slash our goals. We talked about the location, we talked about the market. We just talked about the team. And the next thing that we want to touch on is the property condition itself. Um, so I, I'd say property condition, first off for me, it would be just good bones. And I think that's, I don't want to, I shouldn't say that's common knowledge to a lot of investors, but I know um, anyone looking at a property, you want to make sure the foundation is good. If you have a cracked foundation or there's something wrong with it, uh, that can write off your entire profit right there. Just the structure of it, it, it doesn't, like the 
look for when you walk in here is the floor sloping, especially when you're in an area like Halifax and you have a lot of hundred year old houses. Um, how's the roof? How's the windows? Like your big ticket items that are going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. No, you're right. Yeah. Even like when you first start creating your renovation budget, like you have to know the condition of your building. How old is it? Is it falling apart? Is there mold? Is there, like he said, asbestos? All these things. So I know some people that won't buy buildings that are aged like 1970 or older because they know those buildings are going to have some deferred maintenance issues. And of course, that's when there might be an opportunity for you to go in cheaper and you know find some value there. But yeah, I don't know. It's, you're, you're very much right. Yeah, and just to add on to that, one of the flips that we did, one thing that I did not realize cost so much money was chip rock. Like if you ha- are moving some walls or you have, um, it's like the walls that are not chip rock, but like, I don't know what you want to call them, like the, almost like thin wooden ones. Yep. Um, but if you have paneling. paneling, if you have to put chip rock in, like, it's a lot, it's a lot of money. Oh yeah. Cause it's like, you get your, you know, a sheet of drywall might not be that expensive, but then once you get it up, so you, 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 it's the materials, then you're paying someone to go in and hang it. And then you're paying someone to go in and mud and tape it. And like those, it adds up. It yeah. certainly adds up. All right. Yeah. Anything else? To um, just to add, say again, same thing. Uh, but the other key things to look at is all the mechanical systems. Um, so, you know, if uh, like with, you, we look at one of our buildings that we bought, um, you know, all on furnace heat, all that stuff. And we went through and uh, changed all the electrical in the building so that we could do electric baseboards in, in the units. So it's like those are things that you know, if you're going to be doing either, a, whether it be a small project or a big project, it's like, know how long that type of uh, renovations are going to take, know what the costs are, because, uh, you know, you can make one one change to your plan and it, it really adds to price, because I know we had an original renovation budget and then then we decided, okay, no, we're actually going to move this wall down. Um, but that meant we had to actually move the electrical panel. Um, so that was an, a big cost, a uh, big investment that we made, but happy that, uh, happy that we did. Um, so like stuff like that, but then also like the furnaces, stuff like that. Like, even if you're like, if you think that the, the furnace you don't necessarily need to replace, you should probably have a good understanding of how much a furnace is. So in two, three, four, five years, whenever it is that you do need to replace it, you at least know roughly what that's going to cost. Um, and I definitely suggest that you, you do that. Yeah. Awesome. And then the last thing that we are going to discuss when considering to buy your property, uh, is financing. And that that's like a total can of worms that we can get into right here. But I, I would say like for th- first things that come to mind on financing, um, is when you're planning on buying an investment property is where is your financing coming from? It, are you looking to do like you're buying a property that you're going to move into and then you're going to rent out some of the rooms or another unit in it? Um, maybe you're going to do conventional and a 5% down owner occupied, or maybe you're going to utilize private lending for that project. Again, coming up with that plan, like where am I getting the down payment from and how am I going to cover the mortgage? Is this something that I want to have, um, as a cash flow property or more of an an appreciation, appreciation side of things? So the financing is, yeah, just for me, it's coming up with that plan. 
what does that look like? Where is the money coming from? How am I going to repay that money back if I'm loaning it from someone? On top of that too, like, you know, it, when if you know you're listening and you want to buy your first home uh, or first, you know, two or three flips, like the financing is fairly straightforward in terms of, you know, they're going to look at your stuff and away you go. Once you start getting up into these, you know, you want to buy a fiveplex and there's some uh, creative financing out there and there's, you know, a corp involved or you're raising money with partners or whatever it is, like it gets infinitely more complicated and it, it like it can literally, you know, make the deal you know, with some of the financing terms you get. Um, and again, Manny and I will go into that uh, a little bit deeper in a few further episode. When we're, d- we're down in the States now looking at deals, it, it is completely different. It's, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk at that, uh, more at length further. But as I was saying, like once you get into these bigger properties, yeah, the financing, it, it, it's not just like, Oh, you just, you know, raise your 20% and then you go buy the property. No, it's like you, you know, you're moving money from corpse. You're, um, bringing in, you know, different parties. You're, um, you're, you can put, you know, uh, second mortgages on other properties so that you can combine equity to buy properties. Like it's, it's a whole different world. And the way you do that can literally make or break your deal. Yeah, and, and just in terms of financing, uh, we're excited that we're going to be bringing a guest on in the next couple of weeks here who is an absolute expert in financing and we'll have a lot of great tips for you guys. We're excited for that one. Um, but I think that might wrap it up for us today. Yeah, again, <laughs> this is like the crash course on all of these like very deep topics we're just trying to give you guys just some of our quick takes off the top of our heads on some of this stuff we do want to go a lot deeper in on uh, a lot of these topics a lot of other things moving forward so um yeah we're we're very excited to do so where we can actually get out a little bit more of the nuances of how some of these you know high level things work and then as simple um and go deeper into how some of these simple things work or what seems to be simple but in your head but once you actually do it like yeah it's a it's a lot different so hopefully uh share some really good insight with you guys there yeah and then uh so we posted on our instagram asking if anyone had any topics for future podcasts and actually got some good questions or um sort of probing probing questions in one uh, and again, this is something that we'll we'll try to introduce here, doing um, question of the week, I guess, if you want to call it. Um, but someone is asking conditions to put in when buying a multifamily property. And something that we're thinking of is a condition that you might not be thinking of is having it required that the sellers provide you seller signed income and expense statements um, it, by a certain date. Because when you're buying a multifamily property, the financing, like we we're just discussing, is often difficult to get. Um, and you need all of that information in a timely matter uh, to get that deal done. So I think that's that would be a condition that I know that we we put in. Yeah. Um, again, that's it's just imperative to move that deal as as long fast as you, fast as you can. <laughs> yeah, we even have uh, one tied in where the it's um, the the clock doesn't start on the closing date until we receive all the yeah. information. So it's like eight weeks after we receive everything or I forget the exact uh, amount, but yeah, it's like stuff like that because 
yeah, if you're on the clock where, you know, you've got deposits at risk, you're, you're trying to, you know, you're in a stressful situation because, you know, you're now waiting on appraisers, you might be waiting on um, environmental reports, all this type of stuff. Um, but then one controllable thing on their side is just here, give me all the information. Uh, like, it's like, if you can control that side of the narrative, that really takes a lot of stress away in the back end of the, uh, the, the deal. Yeah, perfect. So yeah, again, if you guys have questions, please let us know, throw a comment, DM us. Um, I'll do more and some more Instagram stories asking for questions. And if we get a lot of questions, we can even do an entire podcast dedicated to that, just answering questions. So yep. um, yeah, I think that's it. So again, thanks for listening, guys. It's really nice to hear your feedback run into a couple people um just out here in, in around Halifax and we've gotten some really positive feedback so happy to be contributing to the real estate investor community here and just a reminder that we do do monthly meetups here in Halifax we've been hosting them at the lovely garden uh just across the street here at the Halifax library um so yeah definitely come check it out it's free just it's really chill um come chat real estate uh there's not really any sort of agenda um but yeah again thanks for listening as always just that like button subscribe um leave us a review save that download on spotify i don't know whatever you guys are doing so um but yeah that's it thanks